When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 80 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. Ronan Flanagan again with you here this week. And this week I'm delighted to be joined by Sean Dunn. Sean, how are you? Oh, good, Ronan. How's things? Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are you? Yeah, good, Ronan. Number 80. Jesus, that's mad. And Donald Kelly. Donald, how are you? Top of the world, Ronan. Thanks very much. So this week we will... We have no game to really look back on, but we will discuss... The retirement of a former Sligo Rovers player in Richie Ryan. Uh, we will discuss the latest news and we will give you more information on the upcoming Player of the Year Awards night uh, on Friday, the October, October the 28th, um, which will be after the St. Pat's game. And as well as that, we have two games to look ahead to as well. Um, one on Friday night against Dundalk and then one on Monday against Derry City. So... I suppose, lads, we'll start off, as I mentioned there, Richie Ryan retired um, during the week. Sean, let's start with yourself, I suppose. Um, we saw all the tributes that came in towards Richie about his retirement, but um, certainly from his time to showgrounds, he was, uh, you know, a player that gives, certainly, you know, the memories came flooding back as soon as the post went up. Oh, yeah, and rightfully so. Ronan Richie's one of the pillars that our success was built on in that era. Um, he was probably, you know, obviously Joey was the was the superstar talent, but Richie was probably next in line behind Joey. He was he was that good. He was he was absolutely sensational as a footballer. He was a pleasure to watch. Um, it's hard to describe just how good he was at times. He ran the show most most nights whenever he was on the pitch. Midfielders uh, couldn't get near him. His one and two touch and his vision then to pick out passes was just incredible. He and then to top it off, off the pitch again, he was a gentleman. So he was an an absolute gent, and it was great to see how well he went on to do in his career after Sligo Rovers. You know, we we forget about the time he spent at Shams. That's a that's a stain on his <laughs> on his history. But I think even he'll even admit that himself. But uh, all in all, though, Richie was just, he was amazing. So he was. And it just, it came so close to being over as well. That was the scary thing about it. And he admits that himself. He he talks about that actually in the interview he done with us last year. That, you know, he he, he got an ultimatum, basically. Put your head down or get out the door. And th- thanks for the God, he, he took the advice and he put his head down. And the rest is history after that, I suppose. And Donald, your own memories of Richie Ryan? Yeah, look, it was, like, I suppose to, the way he was able to dictate midfield, I suppose the one thing that, that you could say about Richie is that nearly every other central midfielder that has come to the club since since him 
he's been the benchmark. He's been the player that they been benchmarked against. Like, like he's 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 made such a such a lasting impact. Memories of former supporters and uh, uh, really he he's he it was a fantastic player for us. He's a fantastic career, and uh, you know, like best luck to him. He was um, certainly a special talent uh, in the shoulders for sure. Yeah. He epitomised what a midfield player should be in terms of his class and his ability on the ball. Like my biggest memory of Richie, well, my fondest memory of Richie is the semi-final against Bowes up in Dalymount. He ran the show that night. That's for me. That's the ultimate Sligo Rovers performance. That we were inch perfect that night to to a man, and just that performance was just unbelievable to watch. But he ran the show that night. He was unnatural. Just he could, there was nothing he could do wrong that night. He was brilliant. I think that's the last memory for me. And then, like, there's some of the screamers he scored for us as well. Just unbelievable. Like, there's a list as long as your arm of accolades that he has with the club, you know, personal and team. But, like, I don't know. It's sad to see him retire from the game because he probably still has something to offer, even at 37. You know, he's that good of a player, but obviously he has bigger and better things ahead of him. And Jerry, your own memories of Richie Ryan? Well, I suppose my initial memories of him, uh, Ronan was that uh, I thought he was shy, to be honest. Um, I remember when he came first, I think he came from, was it Liege or Antwerp? I think it was standard Liege he came from. Antwerp, yeah. Yeah. And when I heard this fellow's coming, oh, jeez, this fellow's going to be an absolute baller. Well, he was far from a baller. He was cat. Um. And I, I guess, you know, I suppose the showground, like he came he came back to the showground, I suppose it was a bit of a gunk for him coming back to Ireland and um, probably hit him hard, in fairness. Um, probably went off the rails a little bit and I'm sure he, he'd, he'd admit that himself. Like, you know, he he enjoyed his first few months in Sligo, definitely. Uh, he got to find out all the nukes and crannies when it came to good uh, places to party and stuff like that. Um, and then I suppose after a while maybe he settled he probably got his head in order um, and once he'd done that then he just came into his own and there was no no looking back really and he really stood out as been one of been one of the best players in the league um, you know gifted gifted player and you know I suppose it's great too that you know it could have went either way it could have, he could have went out of football altogether or I suppose he settled down knuckled down got his head together got his shit together and just became an outstanding player and he's had such a a brilliant career um, both here and in in the States since then so you know fair play to him and and, uh, thank God he he made the right decision and Sean mentioned the performance against Bowes in the Cup semi-final would you have a standout memory standout performance or a goal or um, I remember he scored a free kick um, shooting into the railway end um, he just I, mean, I don't even know who it was against it was absolute postage stamp and uh, he was that good at that time like when he got a free kick in around that area or a shot in around that area you knew you know like you know when a free, you get a free kick in around the box you're kind of hoping but he was becoming that good that you kind of had a good feeling was going to be a goal. And I remember, who was it? Someone said, oh, this is going to go into the wall. And I went into the top corner. It was just an absolute screamer. So that's, I, I can visualize the goal. I can see the ball going into the, 
the top corner of the net and I can remember him hitting, hitting it around the wall but I can't remember who it was against but yeah that was that was my uh, I suppose vague abiding memory just look there's there's loads but that just sticks out in my mind for one reason or another and obviously that that game against Bowles like just you know we were we were unstoppable stoppable in that that period of time and he was just kind of dictating the play and you know playing it at his you know, it's great when you see, when you see a team dictating the play and playing it at their pace and playing their game, and the other team are just running around in like shadows, you know, in rings, and they can't get near us. And he, look, himself and Adol were just, you know, such a dream team. Levels above. Yeah. It's actually it's worth going back for anyone that hasn't listened to the interview we done with us last year. Because it's actually it's a fascinating listen because it, you know he goes in depth into everything, you know, and he's a really he's actually a very good fella to listen to as well because he's very knowledgeable on the game on top of having a great career. Very honest. Very honest. Yeah, doesn't doesn't hold back on anything. No. Right, lads, we we'll move on now to the news, and we'll start with the news that Alice Lilly has been selected for the Ireland under-17 squad who have three qualifiers coming up, European qualifiers in Northern Ireland coming up. So best of luck to Alice and the team there. Um, as well as that, we will have, see the Player of the Year Awards on Friday next, the 28th of October um, at the the Trust Clubhouse at the showgrounds. Jerry, you can fill us in a few details on that yeah so I suppose we have the player of the year awards for the senior men's ladies uh, official rovers awards and then we have our own uh, we have three awards we have senior men's senior ladies and academy player of the year awards so they'll be presented after the game against Pats on the night so you're probably talking about quarter to ten ten o'clock Um. But prior to that, we'll be opening the clubhouse at six thirty, uh, for uh pre-match drinks, um. So it'd be great if everybody could join us, and um, it's going to be a great. It's the first time, as I said before, we've ever had a chance to do something like this in the showgrounds, and it's taken a long, long time to get here, and even going back to getting the clubhouse in place, it's been such um a brilliant amenity for the club between. You know the the many things that it's done. It's been a polling station for the local area. It's uh, invaluable throughout COVID. It's been brilliant for the summer camps, and it's amazing too. I think it costs us about twenty to I think it costs us twenty five thousand to to put that in place, and it's probably the best twenty five thousand I think any supporters club in Ireland has ever spent. Um, you know the the value that we've got out of it, um, and it really was a great idea. And I think this is something that we always aspired to have, um. Look, it's a it's a it's a one off, um, maybe for now, um. But hopefully, you know, everybody can come together, um. As I say, come in, have a bit of crack before the game, six thirty, and then we'll have the awards then after. It's going to be an amazing night, and fair play to Whitehall. They're really really looking after us as well, um. So on the night they'll have, we'll have, uh, we'll have the like the showgrounds larger. Uh, which was a massive success. I think everybody loved it. Um, and we'll also have um, their 4.2% nitro stout. So it's the exact same as Guinness. I think Sean had a batter of points when we were out there a year or two ago. He he, he liked it anyways, I think. 
Oh, like velvet. Unbelievable. It, honestly, it'll give Guinness a run for its money, and I'm a Guinness drinker. It was stunning. It should be on sale in the pubs, but can't do that with Guinness, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely, that alone is worth coming and trying. <laughs> so so we won't be selling any, any drink or any that. It'll be like, maybe we'll have a raffle or you can make a donation for a drink or something like that. Um, but yeah, um, that's, you know, so really, really looking forward to it. And we've uh, a couple of things, you know, we've... Uh, reclaim the old uh, tunnel from out of storage and we're going to put that up and maybe a few lights and a few flags and you know it'll look really really cool it'll be really kind of retro and a bit of music and, and stuff like that so and the players from the first team will be there on you know uh, after the game as well so it'll be a really really good night and really, really looking forward to it Right lads we'll look ahead now to two upcoming games starting with Saturday on Friday just tomorrow when we're recording is today Thursday, but tomorrow Friday away to Dundalk at Oriel Park, or now it's known as Casey's Field. But uh, Sean away to Dundalk, I suppose. Um, disappointing performance earlier in the season, and we all know what happened a few weeks ago with the points deduction. But uh, be a, an interesting game, I suppose you could say. Uh, it should be it should be and it's one I think we're well capable of winning Dundalk have been very patchy over the last few games just about bet Harps the last day and got bet by Pats the week before that but I think if we take the attitude we had at home here the last night when we did win the game technicality fucked us over um, yeah I think if we take that attitude into this game uh, tomorrow night I think we, yeah we we yeah, I'd be confident we could win it. Be confident, just thinking maybe we get a draw. But no, I think we can beat them up there. It's not a great hunting ground for us, but no, there's so I think we've enough about us running to do it. Um, I know there's a couple injuries and in that going into it, uh, but it'll be interesting to see who he goes with. I think Morin could be out, so that's a bit of a loss in terms of what we had in the UCD game because I thought he would have went for the same eleven because of the intensity and. You know how how highly praised they all were after that game, and the wee bit of a buzz. But uh, so it'll just be interesting to see where he goes with boys. And Jerry, the surface at Oriel Park isn't the best. I suppose. Do you kind of do you change your game plan around that? No, I don't think you can really. Um, like as Sean said, there, I'd like to see a start with the same starting eleven as we had up in UCD myself and Donald travel up to that game and uh, like we were really good on the front foot high intensity so it is disappointing to see that Morhen um won't be in the in the team tomorrow but then hopefully it might be an opportunity for the likes of Bardock. Look after the surface it's 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 fucking terrible. Absolutely terrible. It doesn't even look green. It's more black than green. Um and it was interesting I just seen today the the Dutch the Dutch top division. I can never say the, what it's called. Era division is Eredivisie. it? Now, there you go. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> the Dutch coming out of me there. Uh, <laughs> Double Dutch. But, uh, Dutch gold. Dutch gold is right. But they're, uh, they're banning uh, AstroTurf pitches in the in the top division over there, which is I think is a, a great move. Um, you know, look, to me, Football is some football when it's played on AstroTurf. It's just a different game, yeah. particularly on a pitch as bad as that. 
The only pitch that I've seen really, really, really good was uh, Mulder's uh, Astro pitch. Like, you could barely tell the difference. That's but... the semi-synthetic stuff, though. That's what George Mullen is putting down uh, in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a different level, that. That's, I think, nearly a lot of the Premier League grounds are turning into that as well, that surface, that semi-synthetic. Right. I think um, Spurs ground is, has that now as well. Right. I was talking to Richie Dagnan this morning in, in Merville, and we were just talking about the, the pitch up there, you know. We have a couple of games up there on Saturday, and we're kind of... You know, hoping it doesn't rain that the the games go ahead, and but you know, I think they will go ahead. But it's amazing, like uh, most of our all all of our teams now th- at this time of the year would, would train on Astro, and it's amazing when you bring young fellas or young girls onto a pitch. It's 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 a completely different game to what they're they're used to. Where like Astro pitches are great and all that, and you know, it's particularly in this part of the world. But it's. I think sometimes you can become too more too reliant on them and too um, dependent and, and become spoilt on them. I think there's still room for, you know, really, really good uh, grass pitches, but you know there doesn't seem to be an appetite for that anymore. But I think you're taking away a part of the game where you know kids are just really, really spoilt, um, and it's not. I don't think it's good for the game in general. I think we're getting saturated with these pitches. In terms of even for the senior teams that are playing on it, injury-wise, it's it's been proven over the years that there's always been severe injuries happening on these. Yeah. And then yeah. constant niggles that occur after playing on these pitches. No good has come from AstroTurf. The only benefit they've been to any teams is that the five-a-sides that get played on them during the week and where money is made. Yeah. Apart yeah. from I, that, it, just it, too there are no like, benefit. Yeah. We went down, we look... I was involved under fourteens there a couple of years ago, you know, and uh, we were we were drawn away in the Connacht Cup to play a team down goal at Crockwell, and uh, our biggest fear going down playing Crockwell was that they played on grass. That was their biggest fear going into the game, right? That season, at this, this time of year, we train twice a week on Astro. We had played ten games that so far that season. Eight out of the ten games had been on AstroTurf. Um, our biggest fear when in there was playing on grass um, and it was this time of year it was bumpy pitch and whatever we went down there for the first 20 minutes that we, we just weren't at it we didn't know what we were doing mm-hmm. the ball was coming and it was just they couldn't get a touch or anything it took about 20 minutes to go into the game and we got got to grips with it then so that's, that's not right either is it no and it's a big advantage for teams that have a national turf like even Dundalk and like Oriel is a horrific well it's not sorry what's it James's field now isn't it Casey's field Casey's field sorry yeah but um, like it's a whatever about Durries and we even seen the last time we played up in the Brandywell the bounce the unnatural bounce of the ball and our centre halves trying to judge it like Casey's field is worse again yeah because it's actually a really poor Astro it's not even of a, of a high standard. But like the, the, the brand new one is a new development uh, and all the money they pumped into it. And to put a pitch like that in, like it must only be 3G. It's an absolute fucking disgrace. Yeah. It's not even a decent astrophone. Like you put in, build a new stand and you put in what this, that and the other and, you know, doing a great job. And then to put in that, that's the most important part. Yeah, it is a shame that that, that was the route they went down. But... <laughs> I suppose, look, that's, unfortunately, that's the way they were looking for everyone to go in the League of Ireland, wasn't it? Oh. So that there's 
no chance of games been called off, but it, it hasn't worked out. So nobody enjoys it. I don't even think there's managers that have even come out and, you know, proclaimed that they're decent for the league. Nobody even wants their teams playing on them. No, it's it's a fucking injury nightmare, really, isn't it? No, it is big time. It's yeah. an injury. You even look at how we've had to, there's some players we've had to rest when we're playing on Astro Turf. Gary, go, please. Yeah, Gary, has. he's had to rest a couple of times. What did, what did, what did he get injured on? He got injured on. Yes, yeah. 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 So, yeah. you know, hopefully it does come to a point where we it will be a thing of the past but and you know that they are just for recreational use you know for like like that lads using them for five aside or maybe a wee bit of underage training that you know trainings can go ahead for kids but for progression in football it has to be grass pitches it's natural there's no yeah. bobble on a natural turf so you go yeah. into a grass pitch and you get a bobble it's a completely foreign <laughs> foreign yeah. element to your life yeah different game but that doesn't know. answer our question for tomorrow night, does it? No. <laughs> I'm off on a complete tangent altogether. Yeah. So I think we're going to win. What's your prediction, Donald? Wait first. Uh, four nils that are over, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, look, I'd be going for a big performance up there too. Uh, again, we've got to, we've got to lose. They've the, the pressure is really on on. Uh, the dog and they're still playing this high line which can be exposed so uh, and we owe them one for the for the three points that they they, they cheated well they, they, they were rewarded say cheated but they, they, we owe them one for that, for, that, for that so I really hope that we can uh, do the business and put a bit of pressure on them look at it it's we're not going to finish the top four but um, let's see how, how high we can get it's all about yeah. building that momentum for next season, though, Donald, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, big time, Sean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big time. Especially in these games coming up, like, oh yeah, it's, all, it's all the it's all the top teams that we're playing. So if you're going in beating these just before the end of the season, it does set the right tone going into next year. It does, and you know, like in fairness, like Oriel Park's been a fucking sorry, it's been a graveyard for us for for the last how long? Like I, uh, I can't remember the last time we we left. Uh, I think we might have been. It was the, uh, three seasons ago, I think we we it was the first game of the season, Valentine's Day, and we got a draw. Jack Keeney scored. It was the uh, free kick or something like that. I think that might be the last thing we got points with Orange Park. Twenty twenty. Oh no, Jordan Gibson. Sorry, yeah. What's going on? Yeah, the, the, we we bet them up there. Remember that to, to, to qualify for Orange Park twenty one, is it? Yeah. yeah, so it hasn't been bad. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm actually starting to think here. There's a few, isn't there? Yeah. That's where Jesse Devers has the best. Jesse Devers, ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, legend. Yeah, so yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's I go now. Yeah. <laughs> every time I go, he does. Maybe she's yeah. the, There you go. You stay it's well away from the tunnel. Let, let the air down the tires. Yeah. But I think, is there anywhere you can. You know, change things up big time tomorrow, though. Is there anything you'd like to see? I'd like, I'd like to see the, the I definitely like to see, uh, uh, what you call him? Uh, get, get a game, uh, Barlow. Yeah, King Barlow. Yeah, King Barlow get, get a start. Yeah, no harm. Or uh, it's Jamie Close as well. Like, I think, yeah, yeah, you know, um, definitely something different in midfield anyway. Like, just, just, you know, just. Let these lads train and make a bit of a statement and put on America for next season. That's I, I really would like to see that anyway. 
Yeah, I'd love I, to see. I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, yeah. You know, like, it's amazing too, like, um, I suppose you go a couple of weeks, you know, people would be giving out about, oh, we're fucking shit and, oh, that was a shit game or whatever like that. But like, a couple of weeks without a game, you really, really do miss it. So, yeah. forward to the game tomorrow night. Um, still undecided whether I'll travel or not or whether I do or I don't. I'm still looking forward to, to seeing the game and then, you know, hopefully we put in a performance like UCD because I thought that was a great performance and it was really enjoyable and look same with the players go out and enjoy the game um, that's what football's all about so yeah hopefully we can get the win and we, we play well so and it's nice to be able to put our mark on on the season as well I know it won't be in terms of us qualifying for anything but if we can prevent someone from qualifying in what happens in Europe and we big say in what happens in the title race yeah, yeah. So like if, if we beat Dundalk tomorrow night more than likely they could They'll probably finish fourth. Yeah. Then you've got the Derry Shells final. Shells win the cup. Derry or Dundalk don't qualify. Um, and to be honest, I've no grow for any other League of Ireland team uh, other than my own, but I'd still probably prefer to see Shelburne uh, get into Europe over um, Dundalk in Mania. Sorry, sorry. You got that You got that wrong. It's just little, little old Shelburne. Yeah, little old Shells that no one has ever called them. Little old Shells. He's lost <laughs> the that, lad. <laughs> little old shells one of the most successful clubs in League of Ireland history <laughs> and one of the most highly funded for years and years yeah. literally uh, created a team of Galacti- Galacticos League yeah. of Ireland Galacticos in the early 2000s yeah oh, that fella want to get the man and salt out for that fella <laughs> the man mate. I think he's doing it to wind people up at this stage I think, genuinely yeah. I don't I think <laughs> I don't know, he's mad. He's genuinely yeah. stuff he's I, th- I think he made of uh do that uh, that night that had Mario Picato uh playing in their in their clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh some of his spikes is right yeah. now. <laughs> he still has to he hasn't been the same since uh, I'm only joking by the way. Yeah, no, nah, don't like <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. There you go. <laughs> And there's one more game this week, lads. It's uh, on Monday night, second last home game of the season against Derry. Um, I suppose once again, well, like Jerry, you mentioned grow for teams. Um, like we know that if we if you get points off Derry, it has other consequences. But at the same time, you know, you want you want to. I suppose, yeah. Of course, it's all bucking down to you want your own team to win the games as well, like. Ah yeah, I I don't think of any other club to be honest. Look, um, I suppose look as much as we all hate Shams, uh, we probably would prefer to see Derry win the league. Uh, I w- like if we don't win the league, I don't want anybody else to win the league either. Uh, I just wish there was no trophy for anybody. Uh, fuck the lot. But anyways, take our ball and go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's my ball. My mother called me in. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but I, I read actually a stat there during the week that if because Derry has to play Shams, I think. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So if Derry win all their games and Shams don't, as in if Derry beat Shams, I think it comes down to goal difference then. Yeah. Uh, so we, as you're saying there, Sean and Donald, we have a big we have a big say in the in the tight race, um, and that's going to be a huge huge game for Derry. Uh, on Monday night, 
particularly if they win now this this week uh, during the weekend. Like, um, and hopefully we see a good crowd come down from Derry as well. Um, I know years and years and years ago they were uh, always kind of plotted for their traveling, uh, their away fans, but they probably have one of the worst. Um, for a team that's doing well, their 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 uh, away fans is shocking bad. I can't remember the last time they brought a decent crowd to the showgrounds. So hopefully they do bring a, a, a decent crowd and it creates a bit of an atmosphere on the Monday night. And, and I, uh, what I always said before, we always do well. We said it a few weeks ago, the last game, I think it was against Dundalk. We always do well on the Monday night for some reason. We always do well. Yeah, we actually, we've had some good results, haven't we? Even yeah, back always to do well on a Monday night. or Dan's first game against Derry, the Jamie Kiona. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Dundalk game that was forfeited, that's another one. Yeah. Uh, but I can remember the amount of games coming out on Monday night and you're like, Jesus, we were really, really good there tonight. So whatever it is, uh, yeah, so uh, it'll be, it should be a good game. Looking forward to that as well. So, but it's amazing too, like, you know, you go, what, two weeks without a game and then you've got three games in seven days. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, the sketching, the sketching of the league is it's, it's beyond a joke, like, to be fair. It's, it's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. It must be very frustrating for managers. Yeah. You know, to deal with how you deal with your preparations towards these, where you're trying to prepare for even one game and then you get landed with the three of them and then you've got training, rest. Because everyone knows the way it is now with strength and conditioning and, you know, these certain periods of rest that every player needs to get. It must be so, so, so frustrating. And I can't understand why the FAI can't take any of this into consideration. Like, we're sitting off for weeks on end when there's really no need for us to be. We crammed in games at the start of the season. That was just beyond a joke. Like, your first game yeah. of the season was followed by your second two days later. Yeah. So we played Shans twice in the first series of games. Um... Like how does that happen? Like we played Shans yeah. twice before we actually played some other teams once. Yeah. yeah. Because one of the four one of the games from round three, series three, was brought forward to because of European or whatever. So we played Shans. I could be wrong in this, but I'm I'm almost sure I'm right. We played Shams two times before we played other teams at all. Yeah. It's fucking doesn't make any sense, like. Yeah, sure. yeah, because um yeah, we drew with them 2-2 up there, wasn't it? And then yeah. we came down and we drew 1-1 in the showgrounds. And I think there was only about two weeks in between it or something. Yeah. It was very... back to back. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's a bit fucked up, like. Um, but just um, actually one other thing that I've seen on the, the internet there over the last few days, and it's completely unrelated to the first team or anything like that, but just um, there's trials there. It, like the, the the underage games, I run. You'd know more about this than than myself. But the underage leagues are kind of wrapping up now, and they're looking at you know towards next season and having trials for for uh, under fifteens and fourteens and stuff like that. So it's good to see that we're already preparing for next season, even at youth level. Absolutely, yeah. I suppose it's it's very important. You kind of as once. Well, not once the season's over, but you kind of you're preparing for next season, like as the the season you're currently in is you know closing up. So, yeah, that's the the way, I suppose you could say. Yeah, hopefully yeah. unearth another few gems. Yeah, I'm heading down to the under fifteen trials myself. Jerry, some shock if they told you you're still too small. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I said it probably was. Around the kicks on the young fellas, anyways. 
sort sort the men out from the voice. But um, no, I suppose look, it's it's one you know the one thing I would say, um, lads, is that next season I think it's going to be from the first team point of view it's going to be really really difficult when you look at um obviously you've got Cork City coming up um. Uh, and you more than likely will have either Galway or, or Waterford joining them. Um, it's a good chance that they will. So really and truly, next season, you're going to be really dominated by clubs that are, are um, uh, really, really, really well-funded. Um, and I just think that uh, it's going to be a lot, lot harder next season. I don't know what do you think about that. Or... No, I think you're bang on, Jerry, and you're also Drahad and now looking for investment as well, openly. In the yeah. press, saying, talking about how they're looking for investment in the club, you know, everyone seems to be walking down this this pathway of having an investor backing them. But they're like, obviously, that'll never be us. Thankfully, it's just yeah. it's, it's not the healthiest model to go because these fellas can turn around and walk away at any point, and the club is left high and dry. How many times have we seen it already in the past? So, it, but it it will in terms of next season it is going to make it very difficult because even like that Dundalk will have more money pumped in you know Pat's allows of Kelleher there to yeah. to back up the bank balance even though he does take money out of the club he takes out what he puts in but uh, you know who else is there then There's not, it's just Harps isn't it and Drogheda and ourselves that are, aren't backed yeah yeah and I think Harps Harps are looking you know, you could have a case of where you have UCD and Harps go down. So then yeah. they're replaced by two of the big three in the first division. Then, as you mentioned as well, Sean Drada will be backed. It's, I think it's it's inevitable now at this stage by what the your man Hoey, the chairman, is, is saying. Yeah, so you wouldn't be putting it out in the press if it wasn't, would you? Yeah, absolutely. So it really comes down to ourselves and Bose. And Bose are kind of, look, they're, they might be privately funded, but... I think the fact that they're in Dublin makes it that just that little bit easier. Um, so it will come down to where, you know, it'll really just be ourselves. And you'd wonder, like, as a club, how long we can keep going the way we are. Um, I'm not saying about remodeling or, or refinancing the club or anything like that at all. But like what we were chatting about maybe a few weeks ago, I think we start, we need to start kind of thinking outside the box and, been thinking left field and I suppose when you look at um, you know we've got trials for under 15s and things like that should we not be maybe you know like we've a great academy there we've got say Connor O'Grady running it uh, on a full time basis but are we doing it because we have to do it or are we really taking it as seriously as possibly we could do like if there's is there an angle there where we sign the best 15 year olds in the country give them an education in somewhere hill and like a, a I suppose a scholarship type model um, and you know and I think we have created there is a pathway at our club where you do get into the first team and try to sell the club that way and maybe you know rather than kind of always looking to do fundraisers and things like that like well how can we make the academy work for us in terms of producing first team players and maybe even producing them to go further afield or money that way without being callous about the whole thing I think that is the development hopefully the club is taking that road as well Jerry. I think they, they are striving towards that and Yeah, I, I'd agree with you as well as trying to get players from further afield in terms of when I say further I mean the likes of Dublin and that if we could get yeah. them 
get them down from there. I know they're trying, they've got a few lads from Galway now and that, and it is slowly but surely, you know, the, the tentacles are spreading out. But, you know, as long as you have the, like even Kevin's, the way they've linked up with Bowes, it's a really hard thing to break into there and, you know, get those Dublin lads away because they are getting their opportunities up there and the likes of Pats and Bowes and even Shells now, they're yeah. creating pathways into the first team as well. The doors aren't closing as quickly as they used to years ago and there is no doors open to England anymore. You know, that, that's, that's, that's not option. straight away, like the doors yeah. open, the open You know, for us to to take advantage of, um, Sean, like where previously you'd have lads going to England at 15 or 16, yeah. where that, that opportunity isn't there anymore. So I suppose how do we take advantage of the, the Brexit situation and make it work for us? Because I think we really do need to explore, you know, at the end of the day, we're still living hand to mouth, week to week, and that's the reality. Um, so do we keep doing what we're currently doing, even though everybody is getting more and more money? So if they're getting more and more money and we're just staying still and we're doing unbelievably well to stay still in terms of fundraising because there's nobody like us. But there has to be another avenue. There has to be another angle where the club needs to look at how do we keep up with the Joneses? How, how, do, we, how do we do things different? You know, I think we need to be brave uh, about it. And it, it might be a case of where, yeah, look, we don't challenge for a couple of years or whatever because we redirect maybe a small amount of money in terms into the academy or is there maybe an opportunity? I know, look, the Everton thing, as I said previously, hasn't really come to fruition or probably not the way we would have liked. But is there an opportunity maybe out there with a UK club where, you know, from a championship level where, you know, Say the likes of uh, Derby County is an example, and they're not a good example because of the financial implications. But if you look at, say, the likes of Jason Knight, um, they signed Jason Knight maybe what 17 or 18. There's still Jason Knights in this country, but they can't sign them. So, can we do an agreement, say, with like Derby County, where we bring the, those lads into our academy, we educate them or whatever? Um, and then maybe at 18 they go to Derby but we receive a fee for that you know there, there has to be opportunities out there where we can still stay, still stay fan owned but we go left field in other areas and be brave and do things like that because if we keep doing what we're doing and you've got Galway comes up Waterford comes up draw to get investment where does that leave us? to me it leaves us struggling we need to do something different and I think we need to Next season, I think we have a good opportunity of qualifying for Europe still. But as time goes, now is the time to start planning, maybe not for next season, but the season beyond in terms of what our medium-term plan is. In that, Do we keep doing the same thing? And it, But it will eventually catch up with us, in my opinion, in, in the next couple of years. And we'll, fuck, we'll struggle then, I think. Where does yeah, the money come from? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Jerry. Uh, certainly, like, none of us wants to go down the route of having a sugar daddy or whatever but like you have to I suppose preempt what's the, the inevitable that's coming down that's coming down the tracks like there's there's no like players player wage inflation right that in itself like like I, I think I, I heard before that budget for on, the, on our players wage this season was the biggest in I don't know long long time ago. ever and just to, just to maintain that budget uh, or just to, 
they, to maintain the current squad, like the budget wouldn't suffice. The budget this year's budget wouldn't suffice to maintain the current squad. I wouldn't think. So like, like players' wages is going up. Everything is going up. Insurance is going up. All this stuff is going up. And yet, it's you know, it's I suppose it's find sustainable ways of kind of funding the club and and. Uh, Stable ways of, of funding the club and you say growing a, a, a pathway to success for the future. So definitely, whatever the solutions are, like people do need to put the thick cap on and try and think of something because, uh, as you say, if we do stand still, like we will be in trouble. Like definitely, yeah. it comes down to a simple thing as well, though. Even just as you're saying, Donald, everything's going up. Attendances aren't going up, though. Yeah, you know, and that's that's your that's your bread and butter straight away. We need to find a way to get people in the gate. Obviously, that's good results, but good results aren't guaranteed all the time. That's impossible. You know, it, it has to start from somewhere. People have to start really backing the club. And you back the club by putting your feet through the gate, by walking through that gate every second week. Yeah. You know, and it's something that we we really need to do. We need to get that massive core core support back. You know, not a not a core support of 15 to 1,800. You know, that can't be your diehard anymore. You need a, a diehard of two and a half at least in yeah. those gates regardless of results yeah right, exactly regardless. Sorry, regardless of results yeah you know? I, I don't understand I, like for me personally like um, you know as a football fan I absolutely love football you know top to bottom um, I watch it all day long but there's loads of fellas out there that you know love Man United and love Liverpool and things like that and the Sligo men, and like if if I know football, I go and support my local team. Like it's it's an I don't understand why you wouldn't. I really don't get it. Like I don't see how we can't get two and a half thousand Sligo men and women that would go to the showgrounds every single week. If you love football, and I oh I love Spurs, oh love I love this that and the other. But if you love football, you support your local team. Go bad or indifferent. If it, like it's. It's and I support everything, right? And Sean, you follow Liverpool, and 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 don't you follow Man United? I'm not sure who if you follow uh, any English teams, and and that's that's grand, that's cool. But if you talk to any genuine Everton fan, and you say you come from Sligo, and they know about Sligo Rovers, which in fairness at this point most do, like they just expect you to support Sligo Rovers. They don't like you know they think you're there's something around you. They don't like. And, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's what a football fan is like. If you love football, you love football. And you love you support your local team. Now I know anybody who I'm talking about definitely wouldn't be listening to this, but I, I just can't I don't I don't understand that mentality. I really don't. It's an ignorance within this country, Jerry. Yeah. It's not even just specific to Sligo. It's in Dublin. Oh it's yeah. York, it's everywhere. Yeah. But it's, it's I don't know what it is that's bred into people in this country to think English football is the holy grail. But do yeah. you know what I love, lads? I'll be honest with you. It's regardless of uh, knowing you're on holidays, right? And you meet a fella and say you're walking down the beach somewhere or whatever, you're walking through some town or something like that. Next thing you see a fella with a Bose jersey or a fucking, even a Shams jersey or something. Where's this thing going now? You go over and boss. Oh, I just, I just <laughs> see it like, <laughs> it's, you know, you, you look at them and they look at you and you kind of, you, you nearly always give each other a nod. Yeah. Acknowledgement. Like, do you know what I mean? That you're fucking, you're wearing your own. Tribes, colours, really. The other kind of way, it's like, uh, you know, like it's got to be said for following your own club. That's that's it. It's like I'd say, like, and I've seen it online, like on different uh, uh, chat rooms or whatever you want to call them, like uh, where 
you see United fans, the big fellas from I know all over the world they call themselves United fans, right? And they're like the fellas from Manchester are like, Who are you? Like, you're not from Manchester, like you nearly don't have a right to support this club. The other kind of way. It's like and it's understandable to an extent it's understandable because you're from wherever, like, you know, it's not it's not your own club, like, you know. There's the, there is a I we've said it on this a million times now. We're blue in the face in it. There is nothing like supporting your local team. The oh, pride, the joy, everything you take when you achieve something. Like, I go to that Motherwell away game. I, I was only thinking about it uh, when we were talking about the league win last week. It was the last week or the week before, whatever it was. And, you know, just watch your best moment. And that should be your best moment, the league win. But I genuinely think the European on this this season is my favourite as a Sligo Rovers supporter. Yeah. There's just something about that that run, everything. The the Motherwell game away and at home, even the Viking game at home. You know, we yeah. were out. We, we just got absolutely walloped and the place was rocking from minute one to minute 90. Yeah. There's yeah. just that. You can't buy that. Yeah. But it's I like the, yeah. the Sorry, we're going to go on. What Donald mentioned there about like <clears throat> going back to the European games, like like I remember going to getting the bus up to Dublin Airport at whatever time, silly o'clock in the morning to go over to Liverpool, like to get to the Bala game. And like I went on my own. So I was like, ah, oh, Grant or whatever. But like as soon as you arrive in Dublin Airport, you see the scarves, you see the jerseys, you see the trucks at bottoms, and you're like, geez, I'm one of them, like they're one of us, you know. Yeah. And I, you, you like you get to know these people and you know you go to Fitzgerald's and you bump into these random people but then next time you're in the showgrounds you bump into these people again and sure it's great you know it's just oh, like but that that's, you know? and Ronan that's, a, that's actually a really good point because you know when we went to the Motherwell game away we we done the early morning flight from Belfast myself and a couple of the lads and like that we were sitting at the bar like at five o'clock in the morning already sculling pints you know what I mean? The crack is flowing. But then you start seeing a couple of Rovers fans again filter through. And it's actually, he was one of the lads who's sitting at the table with me. He goes, usually you'd be thinking Man United or Liverpool. That's what you'd see filtering through for a game day. When you're in an airport like that, heading across the water, you're thinking, you know, you'll see the Liverpool scarves or the Man United jerseys or anything. But it wasn't. It was Sligo Rovers scarves and Sligo Rovers jerseys coming towards you. And it was, it was a really surreal feeling. But an unbelievable feeling at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Look, it just, there is, it'll be lovely if more people supported their local team. I don't know how you change it. Look, the FEI don't even help us in that regard. So yeah. they don't, yeah. they're already looking to, looking to put a fucking, a select team 11 to go and play a reserve Man United team, a reserve Liverpool team in a friendly. I don't know which one was confirmed, but like they're pushing for this nonsense. Like that is just, Bars. In, in my opinion that's a slap in the face to the league yeah 100% I absolutely can't stand it I just think it's it's nearly like oh it's just I yeah it's like a slap in the face it's just like no we're not really good enough or I don't know yeah. it's just it's not, it. it's not even take our league like even if they turned around as much as they hit them and says here's our league champions Shamrock Rovers yeah play I'd them yeah. yeah at least play them at least put something forward as you know, a standard bearer. Instead of saying, we'll get 11 players from around the league 
And you know what? They're still not good enough to play. You know, send over your reserves. That'll do the job. Yeah. But we don't want any League of Ireland fans here. We won't yeah. promote it with it throughout the League of Ireland. We want we want to promote it through Liverpool sites and Man United sites and Arsenal yeah. sites, whoever it is. We yes, just want rip to, off those fans. Yeah, yeah, we just want to pack the Aviva with those fans and that's it. And rip them off. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know? so. Like even that game, the, the time they played it was it 2010 or 2011 when they played Man United. It was the biggest farce I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. it was embarrassing. Oh. And like you think as well as the football, like I know... These kind of games were kind of popular-ish in the 70s and things like that. But Jesus Christ, football has come a long, long, long way since, th- since then. You can't get, say, 16 lads from the league, throw them into a squad and expect them to play well together. Mm. Football doesn't work like that anymore. Do, do you know what I mean? Like if they play, say, Man United, even if it's only the reserve team, they've got their, they're playing week in, week out with each other. They've got the systems, they've got patterns of play they know where each one is going to be you can't take 11 League of Ireland and throw them out to the pitch and play against that against in front of 60,000 or 45,000 uh, uh, Liverpool supporters it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a recipe for disaster it's actually making us look worse yeah do, do you know what I mean it's, it's, it's a PR disaster for the sake of a few pounds but even like they want us to be taken seriously as a league and like yeah. I'm sure the FEI do want us to be taken seriously in the league in well, some lad stuffed away in an office somewhere probably does like the league. Yeah. But like you you want well, they want us to do well in Europe, all right, and be get get some credentials through through Europe. And like that, we all like most League of Ireland teams this year went and got big results. All right, yeah. done really yeah. well. Look at Shams, right? They're in the group stages. You have to commend them and you have to applaud them. Fair yeah. play. You know, it's an achievement. But then to turn around, and even for that Shamrock Rovers team, right? Like, it's a massive slap in the face to them because you're good enough to play in the group stages in Europe, which, you know what I mean, you can't play much higher than that. It's, yeah. you know, that's you're at the pinnacle of football playing in, in the European competition. But we'll say only two or three you can play then in a, in a friendly game against an English side. Yeah. Even, even Arsenal are united. Like, they're only playing Europa League football. And where's the money going? Who's who's gonna who's gonna collect on the money? It's going to, it's going to cover their mess of the NFL now, where the card machine wasn't working and they gave out free beer. <laughs> that's where it's going to that's where it's going to refund them, so it is. That was limitation. Yeah. But anyway. But that, that is like but that is it though. Like where is the money going? You're you're taking our players and so who's collecting all the gate receipts? I'm sure it's not the clubs. Uh, which makes it even Worse, sir. Yeah, in my but uh, it should be a fee paid to the clubs. Whatever, whatever players are taken from your team, your clubs should be compensated for that. Or break it down amongst the league. Like every club gets the same amount. Something like that. Like that. You know, if we're going to, if it's a representative side, well, it's representing the entire league, and the entire league should benefit from it. Not, not the FEI, or not maybe one or two. Now, you know, that's just my opinion. But I think everybody for something like that should. All Premier Division clubs get X amount. All First Division clubs get X amount. That's it. But I still absolutely hate the concept. Well, what would be the? I wonder what the compensation would be if one of your players were selected and unfortunately got injured. Yeah. Because there is no major benefit. Like, say, for instance, we played Everton now in a in a friendly at home. Yeah. 
there's a huge financial benefit to that because you're guaranteed a massive gate. Yeah. Like that's guaranteed. So if someone did get injured, right, you run the risk, but you run the risk for the financial reward. But we saying right, clear as day, it's going to be Aiden Keeney that goes from us, top goal scorer in the league. Right? He goes and plays in that game and does his cruciate. Oh, where are we, where are we left? What are you going to get off the FBI? It's awful sad. But hey, you got to play against Man United reserves. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fantastic. Brilliant. So what do we do? We pay his wages then for the season. Yeah. They're not going to compensate you in any way, shape or form. So it's a complete disaster all around. There is no gain to this. Yeah. But sure, look, that's the, the story of the FBI, isn't it? You know, yeah. with the, you change, change the personalities, but the, the, um, the culture doesn't seem to the, yeah. I know it's changed a bit but look we still have a when we're coming up with fucking stupid ideas like this you know and it's just going to be a shit show I know they're on about going to Brisbane as well for a three game series going like literally the full way around the world to play three games in Brisbane when we're out of season for nobody you know, to turn up at those games either it's just, like I'm not being funny like what what pull does a League of Ireland 11 have in Brisbane Absolutely none. You know, uh, like there'll be more people saying who than, <laughs> you know, like even a, a league or a, a Premier League eleven heading over there. That's it, yeah. It won't be that big of a deal. No. Yeah. Well, anyway. Right, lads. I think that's all we have time for this week. Thank you, Sean. Thanks a million, lads. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks for the therapy run. <laughs> and thank you, Donald. Thanks, lads. It's been awesome. I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud. I went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3 2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1 1. It's brilliant. 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 Here comes Quigley. 